Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. I want to share a couple of verses from Scripture, and then uh, I'm going to take a few moments here with that, preach it, and then uh, I was telling him to preach it, not me. <clears throat> Y'all missed that, totally missed the... You just missed it all right there. It's okay. It's okay. But um, so one of the things I wanted to read to you uh, today is this idea about communion that we, when we take communion and when we, you know, partake of this together, there's two different thoughts that maybe more, two predominant thoughts that people have. Though Some people think that, well, it actually is the blood and body of Jesus. I mean, we think it actually turns into that and all those kinds of things. And that's, that's just not what Jesus preached. That's not... It's not Bible, not anything that Jesus ever said that when he said, this is my body and this is the blood of the new covenant, he was referring to the fact that it's a representation. And as often as you do this, you do so and you remember me. He wasn't saying that this becomes me. He says, you remember me. And the other thought is, this is what what I'm going to share a little bit, is that there's simply, it's juice in the wafer. It's uh, anything you can get at Kroger, Publix, or Walmart, wherever. You can pick up the same thing. There's really nothing special about them until you take the moment to remember what they symbolize. That's when they make a difference. And one of the things that all of us should do in this time of year is to slow down long enough to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. The, the whole purpose of the birth, the the thing that we celebrate is the greatest gift ever given to us is Jesus Christ. And so I want to read to you a couple of thoughts about that from the scriptures. And the idea that, you know, God demanded that someone pay for sin. It doesn't matter if you have a Bible or have ever heard of Jesus. The world over, the history of the world proves this. Men and women have always tried to appease a guilty conscience. They do it in so many different ways. Ancient civilizations may have tried to appease other gods by giving sacrifices and doing different things. Some went so far, and even Israel did as well, that they offered their own children as sacrifices to the god of Molech. Humanity has always tried to make a provision for their guilt. And they're always left wanting because there's Nothing, it seems, that would remove that guilt until God had a plan of using animal sacrifices for a season. But even that covered sin. It did not remove sin. It covered sin. It wasn't until Jesus came along that things changed. The idea, though, was still present that you and I, the issue is because we're born into this world Sin transferred through humanity from Adam and Eve all the way through. And no matter what people tell you, ancestry.com, they can't go back far enough. But all of us come from Adam and Eve. Every nation, every nationality, every ethnicity, every creed, every color, every human that's walked on this planet, we all are of the same bloodline and lineage, and that is Adam and Eve. So no matter what people tell you when they look at each of us and we're different prisms of color, we are all one, if you will, and, and one race. That's the reality. 
Don't let people try to divide you over it. We all bleed the same color and it's red. Every one of us. You can transfuse any blood. As long as you're the right blood type, it doesn't matter what tribe, nation, or tongue you speak. If you got the right blood type, baby, you can use that blood and get off the hospital bed. Because God created us from one race, and that's Adam and Eve. But the issue still remained of sin. And the point that God was trying to make, and he wants to make it very clear, is that there's only one who has ever paid the true price for this. So let me read this to you from uh, Leviticus. And I'll put this on to you. You may think, Leviticus at Christmas time, what's he thinking? Hear the, hear the verse of Scripture. This is verse 17. It says, I'll put it on the screen for you if you guys don't mind because I have a different translation I'm going to read, but you can follow along when they put it up there. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to Aaron and to his sons and all the Israelites and tell them, with, When any man from the house of Israel or from the foreigners of Israel presents his offering for any of the votive or free will offerings which they present to the Lord as a burnt offering, if it is to be acceptable for your benefit, watch this, it must be a flawless male from the cattle, sheep, or goats. Flawless. You must not present anything that has a flaw because it will not be acceptable for your benefit. If a man presents a peace offering sacrificed to the Lord for a special votive offering or for a free will offering from the herd or for the flock, it must be flawless to be acceptable. It must have no flaw. You must not present to the Lord something blind or with a broken bone or mutilated or with a running sore or a festering eruption that sounds gross or a feverish rash. You must not give any of these things as a gift on the altar of the Lord. The gift that God is saying, when you bring something to the Lord, it's got to be flawless, spotless, perfect. The best they could do was an animal of their flock that was the best of the litter, if you will. But even then, those animals had issues. They gave the best that they had, but the blood of an animal could not remove sin or a guilty conscience from humanity. It only covered it for a season until they had to do the same thing over and over again. But God demands a perfect offering. This is why when we come together in worship, you have to lay aside your issues. You have to lay aside any kind of guilt that might be present. You have to lay aside any, I wish I would have done that before it was too late. You have to lay aside any, I wish I could have been forgiven for this before they moved. I wish I had, you have to lay all those things aside because no matter how much you try, no matter how many times you offer up something to God, you're never going to be enough. You're never going to come in here and any service you go to, you're never going to say, Jesus, I've gotten it all together this week and I'm coming today to worship you and I hope you receive. That is not how it works. Because no matter how great your week was, and no matter how perfect it was, it still has flaws. Because you and I were born into this world imperfect. And you cannot change that no matter how hard you try. The world is just why humanity tries it so hard. If we can't do it through offering up other sacrifices, we'll try and be really, really good. And at Christmas time, we'll be extra nice and hold the door for three or four people when they go in. Everybody will be on their best behavior because you better watch out. You better not pout. You better not cry. I'm telling you why. That's what we think about Santa Claus is coming. We think, well, we've got to be really, really good at Christmas if we're going to get a gift. But God looked down on us and saw us in our humanity and decided that you're never going to be good enough. And you're never going to do enough things wrong. 
but I'm going to change everything by sending the best gift. Not because we were good at Christmas time, but because he says, I see us throughout all of humanity and eternity. I'm going to send Jesus. The greatest gift, the perfect gift for the redemption of sin. Peter says it like this. Peter says, you know that from your empty way of life, watch this, inherited from your ancestors, you were ransomed. Not by perishable things like silver or gold, but by the precious blood like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb named Jesus Christ. You were ransomed. The gift given to you this Christmas season is more than just a baby in a manger. It was God himself, Emmanuel. He became flesh. The same flesh that you have right now, that you were born into sin from. He was born into this world, which is so important why you cannot allow this world to take away the virgin birth. It means everything. It means everything. If he's born from human plan or human passion, he cannot remove sin. This is why when people say, well, what's the big deal about the virgin birth? It's everything. Because God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, overshadowed Mary, and she was born with child by the Holy Spirit supernaturally. Why is that important? Because at that moment, it cut off the seed from Adam. Jesus did not have humanity's sin passed down. He had God's most holy, precious, heavenly, who he was, all of who he was, born into the flesh. Why? To make the sacrifice for you. Because you'll never remove the guilt. You'll never remove the shame. You'll never get over the heartache, the regrets, or anything you should have done without Jesus. Because every one of us in this room have things we wish we could have done better, fixed it, made it right. I wish you'll never make it. The easiest thing to do is just receive Jesus and say, you know what, Lord? I'm tired of trying to fix it all. I'm, try, I'm tired of trying to be a, some really, really good Christian that's here most Sundays of the year. I'm tired of trying to be the best Christian I can be. And if I do this or if I give that, or if I, then I know you'll be pleased with me. Listen, he's never going to be pleased enough with us and what we do until we say yes to Jesus. But when he sees Jesus, everything changes. When he sees Jesus, he doesn't see anything in your life that you see. All he sees is the precious blood that was shed for your life. And he sees you holy and righteous and redeemed and forgiven and without shame and without guilt and without condemnation. And that's why this Christmas season, you shouldn't walk in or walk out of here, especially with guilt or shame or condemnation or fear of God. You should have reverence for God, but know that God loves you so much he gave you Jesus. And now you get to enjoy forgiveness and freedom and redemptive work through the blood, through the blood of Jesus. Why is the virgin birth so important? One thing that it connects with communion is this, that when we take this bread in a moment, the bread, the bread represents the body of Jesus. The body of Jesus was really humanity. He did take upon human flesh, but without sin. So when you take this bread today, 
The cup represents the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of sin. But when you take that bread, I want to specifically remember this today. The body of Jesus, he was beaten. He was not, any of his bones were broken because it fulfilled prophecy. No one broke his bones, but he was broken emotionally for you. He took upon himself everything so that you could take upon yourself everything that he has in heaven. That's why he says and declares in the scriptures that our unrighteousness, he took upon himself on the cross and he made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can't say it any better than Isaiah. So I'm going to read this to you from Isaiah. We'll put this on the screen for you right now. This is from the scriptures in Isaiah. And I know this is mostly what we read at Christmas time, but we're about to take communion. And I don't want anyone taking communion in here without understanding what you're about to do. It represents something much greater. It's not the juice and the bread. Those are just simply things that represent the greater. But understand what you're about to do today. You're going to take communion and remember what Jesus did for you. Isaiah says it like this. It was our weaknesses that he carried. If you're weak today, listen, he carried your weaknesses. It was also our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. The scripture goes on to say this, but he was pierced for our rebellion. I don't know about you in here, but listen, I'll be glad, I'll be the first man. I have been a rebellious person. I still have to fight. That old person in me wants to rebel against something. I have to put that down with the power of Christ. All of us in some way have rebelled. But he was pierced for my rebellion. He was crushed for my sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. And all of us, watch this, like sheep. Little sheep that try to get it right. Little sheep that try to, you know, bad, real rotten sweet and be happy and try to get our little ears to poke up right and we fluff our fur and we walk in so pretty and proper. And we're like cute little sheep, we think. But all of us, all of us, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord, watch this, did not lay on us the sins. My gosh, that right there is beautiful. But he laid it on Jesus. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong, had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet, When his life is made an offering, the Bible says this, for sin, he will have many descendants. That's every one of you in this room right now. The scriptures say this, he will enjoy a long life and the good Lord's plan will prosper in his hands. And when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. If you're here this morning, you think 
there's a sin he has not borne. If you think that you're in here this morning, there's something that you carry that he couldn't carry. You're wrong. He bore it all. And he says this, I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels and he bore the sins of many and he interceded for the rebels. That means right here this morning, if you're here and you don't know Christ, Jesus is so good that he saved many people in this room. But if you're here and you don't know him, he's still interceding for you right now. Even in the midst of whatever you think he might not accept, I'm telling you right now, if you just give him your life, he'll accept you. And he'll turn everything else in a different direction. Now, he's not a genie in a lamp. He just don't give you three wishes and make give you a new car, give you a new house and all this other stuff. And you just turn everything around. Your life's going to be perfect. That's not going to happen. It's going to be better. He'll bless you. He'll give you opportunity. But listen, he's not a genie in a lamp. He's a savior. He's a redeemer. And he'll pay for your sins if you just receive him this morning. So before we take communion, I want to pray with you. And if you're here and you don't know Christ, we do this every Sunday. And I'll lead you in a prayer, and it is very formatted, if you will. But you know what? The simplest thing you could do, the Bible says, if anybody calls upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. All you simply got to say is, Jesus, I give you my life. And that's pretty much will do it right there. But I'm going to pray a prayer, and you can repeat after me, because I do that because so many people have so many questions. And they get concerned, am I saved or am I not saved? Listen, I'm telling you from the Bible, you pray this prayer, you'll be saved. All you got to do is believe in your heart. Jesus died for your sins. The Bible says you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you're saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer right now. If you're not saved, the whole church is going to pray. You're not going to be by yourself. Everybody in this room is going to pray before we take communion. So just right there where you are, bow your head, close your eyes just for a moment. And just repeat this after me along with everybody in the room. Say, dear Jesus, I come before you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I surrender everything to you. I ask you to forgive me, to take guilt, to take my shame, to take my sin. I receive today your forgiveness and your mercy and your grace. I make you Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you, right, church? Can you give me a hand right now? Amen. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take communion together. But if you prayed that prayer, what I want to do is I want you to look in the seat back in front of you. There's a little simple little card there that simply says, Today I pray to receive Christ or I renewed my faith in Christ. Sometime before the end of this uh, service, just fill that out for us, and we'll tell you what to do with it at the end, okay? But here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to have communion, and what we're going to do is take it, as I said, you want to take it as an individual. You want to take it with a family, with friends. It doesn't matter how you want to, but I'm asking our, uh, the leaders that we've asked you guys to come up to your tables, if you don't mind, come on up right now. There are different stations, if you will. There's some down front, and there's some in the back. So all around the back of the, the auditorium here, there's stations. There's one, two, three, four. There's plenty back there. There's plenty up here. It's probably going to take about 10 minutes or less, but we're going to pray for everybody. So when you come up, I'm going to pray over communion, but they're going to pray over you, okay? And when you do, let them just pray a blessing. Let it, where the Lord gives them, they're just going to pray over you. We wanted to do that this year. We wanted you to have a spiritual covering, a blessing of God, a prayer over your life. And so here's how we're going to do it. 
We're going to play some music here and just take the time to do this. And whenever you're ready, you just take the time. Whenever you're ready, you just get up out of your seat with your family or your friends or yourself, and you can come to one of these stations here or in the back. There's stations all around the back as well, anywhere you want to go, and they're going to pray for you right now. So before you go, let me pray over this this communion time, and then you can go and, and have communion. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We acknowledge the bread and the wine, and we thank you, Lord, that the bread represents your body. We thank you, Lord, that the wine represents your blood. We thank you, Lord, that today as we take communion together as a church family, in the name of Jesus, may we remember always the greatest gift from God, which is you, Jesus Christ. We thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.